0: everybody we are back at it it is the threat Labs podcast i'm your host justin dorsey and with me as always is my buddy my friend and my pal kevin o'connor kevin how are you doing this week doing well Well, that's good to hear Mm -hmm. making it we're still chugging along here making it safe and sound from this terrible terrible pandemic that's ravishing outside uh make sure or thank you for uh, downloading the podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on Google Play. Also, make sure you hit us up on the social medias at ThreadLads on Instagram at LadsThread on Twitter. And also, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or anything you just want to shout at us or type at us, I guess, uh, the more appropriate term, please email us, listeners at ThreadLads.com. We love hearing from all of you out there and your wonderful opinions on everything going on. So we have another uh, different type of little podcast we're going to do this week. You know, we're trying to switch things up, bring on some different guests and get some different outlooks on different things that uh, a lot of people don't necessarily know about or have, or we can have experts on to kind of explain some things that would just be interesting, that we find interesting. So this week we have on... Uh, a new guest we have on one of the intern's best friends, uh, Danielle. And I don't know if you want me to use your last name or not. You can use it. Okay. Wait, what is your last name? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: Higginbotham.
0: It's... Okay. Well, there we go. Wait, Higginbotham? Yeah. All right. Oh, wow. I had no idea that was your last name. But...
1: Nobody does. I not on <laughs> social media.
0: Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, that's definitely not what uh, anything I've ever seen related to you or have ever done before. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I asked. Higginbotham, Danielle Higginbotham, joining us today. And she is going to kind of give us uh, a whole little background on the, the whole, I guess, uh, religious sect you could call the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, she was raised as a Jehovah's Witness uh, for most of her life. And we've been trying to like do a, a podcast like this for a while. We've been talking about it yeah. and just <laughs> have actually good to
2: finally out. have you on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, here. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Um, now I know that most people out there, um, myself included, and I believe Kevin as well, just know uh, Jehovah's witnesses as people that like kind of go around neighborhoods, knock on doors, wear the, wear the white shirt, black tie, that sort of thing, hand you pamphlets about some stuff. That you usually don't read, and I love uh, recycling. Hopefully, and um, but uh, Danielle was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and kind of has this whole experience with it that I don't think most of the, most people really know what it is, what Jehovah's Witness is, what it comprises, and just anything about it really at all and uh me and kevin did a little research on it it's eye opening and fascinating um kind of what yeah we
2: watched we watched if anyone is interested in watching what we watched it was leah remini's scientology and the aftermath but in season three there's a bonus episode the jehovah's witnesses which is free on amazon prime
0: yeah it is oh it's free on amazon prime it was also free on hulu Oh, so, oh, okay, nice. So that that's another uh, place that you can see it. So yeah, we watched that, and we kind of just got this whole rundown of kind of what it was and a whole background, and it. it was it was shocking to say the least. So uh, Danielle, if you don't mind, do you mind like just starting off by just talking about what a Jehovah's Witness is for people that like don't know? Which I would imagine there's a lot of people out there
1: yeah so um it's a religion it's a, it's a christian based religion um it started in the 1800s i think and basically it's just kind of a different interpretation of the bible that their main sort of uh belief i guess is that that the you know based on like the book of revelation that eventually um, like Satan is currently like running the world. And eventually there's going to be this giant Armageddon and um, pretty much everyone who's not a Jehovah's witness will die. So if you are a Jehovah's witness, that's sort of what they kind of, used to like keep you in it I guess um they also believe that if you were a Jehovah's Witness who was faithful who died you'll be resurrected um to live like forever on this paradise earth and except for like a select few like 144,000 people those people will go to heaven but everybody else will live on like a perfect version of earth and will be perfect versions of ourselves for all eternity um so that's the main like that's the sort of foundation of it and that's what they teach and what they talk about when they
2: there's yeah. definitely a lot of talk about armageddon and satan in the in the leah remini show for sure yeah it I, I, like... I
0: didn't i didn't realize the the amount of you know Uh, it's all surrounded yeah that there is this big armageddon and everybody's basically going to die except for yeah people that are specifically jehovah's witnesses and this is just kind of and yeah it's just another offshoot of you know christianity but it's like so interpreted in such a weird and crazy way kind of like Yeah, You see all sorts of different offshoots of Christianity that say they have a time to Christianity, but it's so much not what a normal person would think about Christianity when they are just like thinking about what most people are practicing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very high control religion. So it's a very kind of high control way to sort of, I guess, make people scared to leave or scared to mess up.
2: Yeah, it definitely seems like, like everything, well, aside from being like the Armageddon being like a central theme, it definitely seemed like they don't want you to like, expand too much. And I didn't know if that was just a way to like, make sure people weren't like the one quote I took from the guy and kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but he talked about uh, having the faith to decline higher education. And that just made me wonder if like are they do is that just so you don't get out and start getting ideas about things like that? Or yeah,
1: definitely. like
2: just another way of control?
1: They sort of recently came around to allowing higher ed- not allowing, but like sort of approving of higher education because you know, I guess they're start like people need more than a high school degree to get a job that like pays well for the most part so they're like okay it's fine but like make sure you're going for something specific you know like don't they definitely and even if you do choose to do higher education then they absolutely will like discourage you from going away to college like they would want you to live at home Um, and you know stay under the control of like where they can kind of watch you
2: were you discouraged from higher education
1: no, I, um, I I mean, in my personal experience, I haven't found that all Jehovah's Witnesses are like that. I knew a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses who went to college. I think it's also sort of a, a cultural thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm from West Virginia and went, like, I was in a congregation there where a lot of people really didn't support higher education, but that was just sort of common in that area anyway.
2: Right, yeah.
1: In Baltimore, it's like, okay, well, like, you can go to college and you can you know, as long as you're going for something specific to get like a specific job, like you can't go and major in, you know, art or something, Mm -hmm. like it has to be for a specific purpose. And like, you can't, you're still like discouraged from, you know, I guess, like being involved in any school activities, or like, definitely discouraged from going away.
0: Yeah, that's something that I thought was really interesting. Because kind of you would think a religion like this wouldn't want – would kind of, I guess, have their own schools or something like that. But, like, as a Jehovah's Witness, you kind of, like, go to school with everybody else. Like, just like the normal population of people, which I find just really interesting. So, like, you're going to school – like, I guess – could you explain maybe what it's like to go to school as a Jehovah's Witness like as a kid? Yeah, like, just real,
2: oh, yeah, oh, like well. the the one woman talked about like it was pretty sad actually, but she talked about how like when she'd make friends and stuff and she was all freaked out cuz she's like you're going to like you're not a Jehovah's Witness, you're going to like yeah, die yeah. and go to hell.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was me for sure. I um I don't know, I was always kind of shy as a kid anyway. I was like super quiet, so I never really, I never really, I had one friend, like, all through elementary and middle school that I was kind of close to who I was, like, allowed to hang out with once in a while outside of school, and then I had, um, you guys know, in high school, she was, like, my one friend in high school that my parents were, like, okay with because she was also religious, but it was outside of that, it was kind of, like, you know, you're taught to believe that, like, they're not evil, but they don't have they don't have the truth, and they will like pretty much every pretty much everyone like outside of Jehovah's Witnesses were considered like bad association. Like they'll they'll make you do terrible things, and they'll peer pressure you, and they'll pull you away from Jehovah. So I never really attempted to make friends at school because it was like, what's the point really? Yeah, and then, even though I didn't think this way like consciously i think part of me was like well i'm like better than all of them anyway i'm smarter than them like i have the true religion and they don't so like i don't need them anyway but i don't know yeah. obviously yeah, that's a healthy way to go through life
2: right
0: yeah. right right it was just kind of like you were put in a place where you they, they just weren't worth your time or right. anything like that so uh obviously i guess your, your parents where are Jeho- Jehovah's Witnesses? Did you have any like siblings or anything like that? And, uh, just or uh, what was like kind of family life like? I guess growing up. Um. Well, my dad. That?
1: I'm like a. Th- I'm a third generation, so my grandmother joined when my dad and his siblings were growing up, so he was raised with it, and then he like converted my mom when she was when they met so she was like 21 or something and then they had me we were living in West Virginia so it was a very small congregation in a small town of people um which was hard because I didn't have like you know I didn't really have friends at school but there were also like two kids that were in this congregation and their parents were really like, they didn't really like my family for some reason, so I couldn't really be friends with them either. So, I don't know. It was just kind of, like, it was kind of a lonely existence. I just kind of, you know, it was all I knew, and I just went along with it. But, um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was hard sometimes. Mostly it was just, I mean, I think they talked about this in the Leah Remini thing, but it really does take up your whole life. It's like, you know, you go to school five days a week on tuesday night you have to go to a meeting for an hour on thursday night you have to go for two hours on sunday morning you have to go for two hours on saturdays that's when you go and like knock on doors so there's never a single and then like you're supposed to on the nights off you're supposed to be doing like family study and like basically it's like a seven day a week thing so you're always doing it it's always like it's your life it's more important like it's definitely like seen as more important than school Like, if they had something, like an assembly or something that required me to miss school, like, it was never a question. Like, I, we absolutely would, you know, Uh miss school or, like, that was always top priority.
0: Yeah. And were you into it, I guess, as, in your younger age? I mean, I guess if you're raised as it and it's kind of all you know, it's just kind of what you think how everything should be, but were you, like, just... Very into it when you were a kid, or was there a part of you that always kind of had a pushback or just wasn't uh, into it at all or something?
1: No, I mean, I was fully into it, I fully believed it. It was, you know, it was all I knew. And um, even my mom's side of the family, who were not Jehovah's Witnesses, they were like Southern Baptists which is also kind of a really strict religion. So yeah. I feel like I just was surrounded by that and like that was just what I was used to.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and w- like when did you cut ca- cuz obviously you're not a Jehovah's Witness now. When did you kind of start to grow out of that? And we're like when did you when did you leave being a Jehovah's Witness? I guess
1: it was a gradual process. It started, I mean, I was in it fully and completely until I was 18 and I like chose to get baptized when I was 17. Like they start pushing it on you pretty early. Usually like, especially for girls, like usually right when girls like hit puberty, basically, they start like pressing them to get baptized because they want them to like make that commitment. Um, so that you're, like, less likely to get in trouble or whatever. Like, you have more responsibility. Plus, once you get baptized, then if you do mess up, like, they can kick, they can kick you out. So then you have that, like, fear of losing your friends and family that, like, keeps you in line, kind of.
2: Yeah, um, the, dis- the disfellowship part was a huge part that I remember when we watched that movie, the that other, that, like, I guess it was a fiction, but, like, based on real yeah. events or whatever. But I remember that from the movie and you talking about that. And that, that's so, like... That is such like a huge thing to kind of hold over people's heads. Like you're just going to be completely shut off, you know? That's right.
0: So- yeah. So there's very strict rules to being a Jehovah's Witness and you're, you're not really allowed to do much And this. there are kind of a fear that whatever you do, it's kind of, could possibly be interpreted as being wrong because I know it, it, it's very strict. Like, there's no smoking, there's no a, a, a lot of other stuff. So, is there just kind of this overbearingness of fear that, like, whatever you're going to be, whatever you're going to do, is kind of like a sin or something that's going to get you not saved at the end?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, when you're little, like everything you can be scared of, but. I I don't know that I specifically ever did anything that I was scared of. like oh I'm not going to make it to Armageddon. No, I used to be scared that like my family members weren't going to make it oh, and, or my friends. Oh. Um but I mean, I was just I was just one of those kids I just kind of went along with whatever. So I was never like worried for myself <laughs> until I got older and became a teenager and I was like doing teenager things and but my parents actually left the religion before I did. Oh. They, my dad was raised in it. Like I said, my mom converted, but I kind of found out later in life that she never actually believed it. She just did it because she was like with my dad and wanted to be with him. Um, oh, wow. And I think once he got away from his mom and like the influences he had in West Virginia and came to Baltimore and like had a new life and met new people, I think I don't know they their marriage like kind of started to fall apart so then my mom just stopped going because she didn't like feel the need to anymore and then my dad just sort of slowly faded out but I stayed because it was all I knew it was my whole life so everyone was like super you know sympathetic toward me and they're all like Danielle like we're so proud of you that you're still here and like even though your parents left you're still coming and you're still part of it and like they would always try to like you know sort of take me in I guess but no. I don't know I just for me it start when I was 18 and I was going to school it just sort of didn't feel like a priority anymore like my parents weren't in it my brother I have a brother he's eight years younger than me so basically he hasn't been part of it since he was like 10 years old between 8 and 10 years old okay. so he doesn't really remember like too much of it but Um, they, I don't know. I left for a while when I was 18, not really on purpose. I just kind of, I was in college and I like met my first boyfriend and, um, I just was, you know, living my life, I guess. And then I moved out of my parents' house when I was 19 and kind of just like went off the rails a little bit. Like I, not only like was I they didn't, I just had no sort of preparation for real life. Like I couldn't, I could barely yeah. take care of myself. Right. And I was in school, but like, yeah, higher education wasn't a priority. Like my parents just kind of were like, okay, you're not going to stay in the religion. Well, then you should probably go to college. And that's the only conversation we ever had about it. Like everything uh-huh. was just me applying and looking at things and, um, but I wasn't ready for it like emotionally or mentally. And I ended up dropping out and I was living with this girl and we just like partied all the time. And then I just felt like, you know, I ran up a lot of debt and like, I wasn't really happy and I was drinking a lot. And I was like, you know what? Like they said, this would happen. They said, if I left, like I, my life would be over and it would be ruined. And I started to feel like really guilty and like scared that I wasn't going to, you know, make it, (laughs) In yeah our sure
0: if you're if you're be raised that way to yeah think a certain type of way when it, it's sort of sort of change you don't really have that that thing to fall back on the thing that you have to fall back on is what you were raised with and if that is something that you're trying to get away from it can, I can see how that could just make you feel kind of like rudderless and wondering if you made the right decision or anything
1: yeah I didn't really think about it too much until I started like partying a lot and drinking and having sex <laughs> because those were like the sins, you know, like there's no turning back from that. So at that point I knew if I did want to go back, I'd have to like confess, which I eventually did. Cause I figured I, w- I was just like too scared not to, I was like, I'm going to worry about like, I'm going to worry about death for the rest of my life if I don't do oh my that. Yeah. And by that time I was 20, or 21 and I'd sort of been in and out and not really active for a couple of years. But yeah, I went back and I had to, I like contacted one of the elders in my congregation and I had to meet up with them. It was like three of them in a room. That's your judiciary committee. So it's like three elders and they have to listen to you and decide if you are like repentant enough and if you've like prayed enough or whatever. So I to sit in front of them at, like, 21. They're all, like – they were all, like, guys in their, like, 40s and 50s probably. It was really awkward. But I had to, yes. like, tell them about having sex. And, like, they had to know if it was, like, actual intercourse. Like, I had to be kind of specific. Whoa. For, that's- yeah, it was awful. And I had to, like, tell them, you know, I've been drunk several times. I've tried – drugs I don't I didn't I probably had smoked weed like twice at that point but I was like I did drugs and I I had to go through this whole thing with them but because I approached them and like I wasn't caught doing something they decided that I was repentant so I wasn't disfellowshipped I was just reproved so that means they still had to like announce my name in front of the congregation they had to say like Danielle Higginbotham has been reproved because they needed the congregation to know that I messed up but I'm showing repentance but still be careful around me anyway because I might still be a bad influence.
2: Yeah that was a. The- part of the and and that that other movie that I, I cannot remember the name of right now of the like apostasy apostasy yeah that that was also on Amazon prime uh listeners I want to check out i don't know if it's still is. but anyway uh like you know like keeping tabs on everyone around you like did you have to deal with that i mean that's that's crazy too cuz not only are you constantly in fear of what but then you could also just be like ratted out by someone
0: Yeah, or you would want to – because I guess it's built around, you know, people fearing. And then if you see somebody that you're also, like, in church with or whatever, and you Mm -hmm. see them sinning, then you think that you would be
2: doing them a favor. Or you probably might
0: be – That's, like, how the system is all set up or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: or you might be in fear that you're going to be sinning because you're not telling on them, right, I guess? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, like, there's – you have to – I got ratted out all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> like,
2: For like, that kind of stuff, like, they, they people like would just see you out in
0: public? or No, well... Or, like, what? I don't even know what thing... legitimate me in, the, in this case, but,
1: but... Yeah, I, um... The first time I can remember it happening is when I was 12. I... Oh. My parents let me join the track team at school, and I had never done any sort of, like, sports or extracurricular whatever. Um, but I really wanted to join the track team, and they were, like, fine. And somehow, I guess, an elder found out and told our circuit overseer, who's, like, a level above the elders. He, like, travels to different congregations. Um, they He found out about it and approached my dad and was like, she really can't be doing that. So they made me quit.
2: And that oh, was a sports oh, or anything.
1: No, you can't do sports. You can't do anything with like worldly people that isn't oh. required by law like school or work. So I that's had to oh, go wow. back. oh
0: yeah, the term is worldly people for people that aren't Jehovah's witnesses. Basically, that's an interesting term.
1: It's everyone <laughs> else. <laughs>
0: we're all on we're all of the world, but um yeah, that's kind of that's just Wow. So yeah, you can't even participate in anything as a kid. What other types of things could people
2: you get in trouble for? Like yeah, like dressing a certain way, like or something like that, or just oh
1: yeah, anything doesn't matter how you dress. Like if someone sees you doing something in public that you're not supposed to, if you're like
2: oh, then the eyewitness thing. So like someone can just say something.
0: So for any basically, there's something about two witnesses that need to be present if you're gonna like. Yeah,
1: I don't. That rule applies to like child abuse cases. For the most part, I think if an elder is informed that, you know, someone committed child abuse, for the most part, they have to report that to authorities. But there's still some states with like a clergy loophole where they don't have to report it to the authorities. So they're thing is that they have to have a two witness rule to like to go forward and talk to the authorities or to like take action on it basically but That's it's so like
0: crazy.
1: if you're a victim of child abuse like when is when are there ever two witnesses who are to right.
0: gonna... like never never it's, yeah it's but, awful. this this is just a way so they don't have to divulge any of these things going on from what i learned from the 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 documentary is that this is happening or like just that that type of sketchy behavior is happening all throughout in different ways
1: i mean i know three people like three women personally who were sexually abused in that environment and in in our west virginia congregation there was like there was a lot of just general abuse going on like physical abuse they would like yell at you if you didn't hit your kids hard enough or if like you oh. hit your kids and they didn't cry or if nobody could hear it, then like they would, they would be like, you need to hit your kids harder or something. It was like Jesus. ridiculous. Like, we were, it was another level. Like people were, and that's again, that's like West Virginia. I didn't see as much of that in Baltimore, but it is very like way more prevalent, I think than a lot of people realize Like people were like, you could hear people hitting like three month old babies and like nobody would say anything. And I think that was reported once and whoever was in charge, like the circuit overseer basically said, I'm not really going to do anything about that because it's none of my business. But really it was because the family in question was like, um, I don't know. I think he was, I think he was staying with them, first of all, but also- they had like a lot of money they were just more um i think he just didn't want to like rock the boat but yeah yeah, there's a lot of abuse of all kinds going on
0: and i know what like and i would imagine a lot of this is happening to women and children because aren't women kind of not even they're kind of looked down on as more second class type of citizens within the it, religion. It definitely well didn't seem right, like patriarchal type of type of religion where men hold seem mm-hmm. to hold all the power. If not,
1: yeah, women aren't even allowed to do like little jobs. They can do. They really can't do anything. Honestly, they can't read like they'll have younger guys or boys who are sort of in training or whatever they'll let them like read aloud from some of the magazines on Sundays or they'll let them like carry the microphones to people when people are like commenting during meetings just little jobs like that but women would would never be allowed to do those jobs
0: we were allowed What's to the- <laughs> Yeah, you're just there basically to cook and clean and serve the men. Serve,
1: you know, it was always very much like women are, women should be submissive to their husbands, and men are head of the household. And, um, yeah. Is there any
2: kind of like support system within the congregation? Like, like, I don't know, like for jobs or networking? Because it's a weird thing. Because it seems. One of the things I was shocked by were how many people they said were Jehovah's Witnesses, but it doesn't, it also seems like such a
0: little over 8 million or something. Yeah.
2: But it it seems like such an isolated, it's weird because there's so many people, but it seems like you're super isolated within the religion. So I was just wondering if, I don't know, is there any kind of like network situation like that or everyone just kind of like worried about what they're doing in their own little circles?
1: Um,
2: 'Cause like for example, like the Korean, like the the Korean like uh Christian churches will like have you know they'll all put in money to bring people from over, like start a business or stuff like that. But it doesn't seem that way, Andrew. Ju- I mean
1: I think those things can happen on a personal level, like friends helping friends. I don't it's not on like a congregation level. Mm-hmm. Not really. I mean, if someone's like desperately in need, you know, I've seen them organize like groups to help people move or to like bring things to sick people um there's little things like that but like once in a, I mean to be i don't know there aren't if in west virginia there was the family the one i was talking about before they owned a construction business so they would bring people into their business and give them jobs Oh, okay but to me it was it almost came across as like kind of a control thing
2: right there
1: but I mean, there's nothing like designed for for that, really.
0: Yeah, like yeah, all it's a- we
1: really care about is, you know,
0: it's it's just all about the religious aspect. Yeah. Like, just- and the the jobs that anybody would have, I'm assuming, are pretty basic, pretty straightforward. If they're they're not really advocating for higher education or anything like that.
1: Yeah, and the people that they. And, you know, this is this I'm sure isn't Jehovah's Witness specifically, but people who are drawn to them, I think, are people that tend to be in pretty desperate situations like they prey on people, they prey on people who've recently lost relatives or who are in bad situations that they feel like they can't get out of. I mean, it does offer a sense of community, but like as long as you follow the rules of yeah, any yeah. really. So, like, you know, people flock to it for that reason. And those typically aren't the people who have a lot of other resources.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: People looking for something.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what you see Uh mostly. Like, not completely by any means, but, like, for the most part, the religion across, like, internationally tends to gravitate toward, like, I don't know, a lot of just like misfortunate people who don't have a lot of other options.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like to, if you're not raised in this religion to come to it um, at like a later part of your life, definitely me, I feel like you would have to be looking for something. I know that the whole aspect of bringing or the dead will come back from the life can definitely feed into people who may have just like lost a loved one and are feeling a little, out there or something like that and I I can definitely see how they would just be bringing people in that are kind of on their last legs so yeah. to
1: Yeah like gives people something to hope for.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean that's how they got my grandmother like she was young and in kind of a abusive marriage and she had like five kids in seven years and I think she was just desperate like she didn't have family around and I think she was just like you know, they came in and they like offered her a community, and they helped her with her kids, and it was like, like she really felt like God like saved her, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. so what's it what's it called when uh, you go around when you go to the doors? Isn't there a oh, name for that?
1: Yeah, like you go out in field service.
2: Field service.
1: Or like you go out witnessing, but witness. Oh, like that's what I was thinking. Like they call mm-hmm. it. Like, on Saturday mornings, you meet as a group, and then you, like, disperse and go out, and they just call it, like, meeting for field service.
0: How long, like, does that last? Because I feel like whenever I see Jehovah's Witnesses, they're out, like, all day, right? And you're just knocking on doors, handing out pamphlets, I would imagine, just explaining what Jehovah's Witnesses are, basically.
1: Yeah, and it's usually whatever the topic is for that week or that month. Like, they'll put out magazines every month, and, like, that's the topic that they want you to focus on. So you, like, practice, then you have a little, like, intro that you do based on this one thing that you're offering, and you have to, the last time someone came to the door, like, probably a year ago, and my roommate answered, and I was listening, and the lady was like, hi, we're just going around to your neighbors talking about, like, how, everyone seems to be on a quest for happiness and how no one really ever seems to be able to find true happiness and that's what like the material was that she was handing out
0: oh, um, yeah. and like you said like it comes every week there's like a there's like a weekly magazine or something that's published what I remember by...
1: there was definitely and it's changed a little bit now I think and I haven't been a part of it for like 10 or 11 years so I don't know exactly what they do now but it was they would put out the watchtowers once a month which is what we would study like during meetings and when I say study it's like read out loud and like underline basic answers to questions it wasn't really studying it was like memorization and like
0: And that's just, like, coming down from, like, the elders. Uh Like, they just have what they want everybody to be learning or studying based on. Yeah, and it's
1: coming from, like, that highest level of dudes in New York, basically.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And And that's just.
1: You, like, make all the rules in.
0: And that's the Watchtower. Is there another one Mm -hmm. as well? Or just that? That's what. That magazine? Or like, uh, yeah, or the, or there are, or I didn't know if there were other magazines though.
1: Yeah. Well, they do problem. the work magazine and they do the awake magazine, but then aside from that, they have like a million books and pamphlets and uh-huh. books for kids. And I think now they've, they've done a lot of like videos and new songs and things specifically for kids, which they didn't when I was growing up. Um, but yeah they like that's all they do they publish all kinds of stuff
0: yeah and this is like shaping the religion what people are supposed to be learning and studying and it's just yeah it's just dropped down from some dudes yep. that are you never see and don't really know where it's coming from like yeah like is it where where do they say they're getting this from is it like always evolving is there like i I feel like i remember hearing something that like there's people that are, you know, in quote, talking directly to God or something Mm -hmm. like that, or to Jehovah, that they're getting information from, or something like that?
1: Yeah, they're just literally eight guys in New York, and they're called the Governing Body, and they are in charge of everything. And so, yeah, I think they basically, I don't know how it works exactly, I assume it's just they are so close to God that they pray, and then the answers like come to them.
0: Wow, uh, yeah, that <laughs> that that old thing, like the, yeah. the divine intervention, like how they yeah. the Bible is written, uh, the, the God spoke into the or was writing through the people or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's crazy, and
1: Bible. like they'll include anything that they throw out there, they'll include like Bible scriptures to back it up. But of course that's according to their interpretation or according to, you know, there's so many, so many different ways of seeing it. Um, I don't know, like probably don't have time to get into all that, but just like how just their view of the Bible historically isn't all that accurate. And a lot of it is like who really knows because nobody really knows, but there's definitely a lot more in other belief systems, not even necessarily like religious systems that like prove them wrong. But they don't see that because that doesn't support their interpretation of it. So they assume that, like, we're wrong. Does that make sense? It's like their yeah. own little interpretation kind of goes around in a circle. And if you suggest something outside of that circle, like, they can't process it. So it's just, right. there's no there's no just, telling them that that's not, like, exactly how everything's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, because they're just kind of forming everything that they're thinking about to what they want it to be.
1: I mean, like, it's, that's true of any cult, you know, like, that's yeah. really what cults do. They... Everything comes back around to, like, I was right, and this is why we have these whatever, and this is why...
0: Like kind of even a religious sect, it, it just is basically a cult that kind of operates with the, the just under the umbrella of Christianity, but there's not really anything Christian about it other than like <laughs> the strict rules and things like that. Yeah, it would be fear.
2: Yeah, I, I still just can't get over about how many people there are. Like eight million people—that's a ton of people.
1: I know. Yeah. I mean, it's.
2: Did you ever have, like, a giant, like, congregation meetings?
1: Population. Yeah, we do. We would do um, twice a year. There would be an assembly, which is people in, like, your circuit, which includes congregations, in this case, from, like, Maryland and Pennsylvania. And we actually had, like, there's a, there's a giant, like, Jehovah's Witness convention center in oh. Brownsville. So, like, that's where we would go. And then once a year in the summer, they'd have even bigger, like, district conventions with, like, thousands and thousands of people. And usually I had to travel a little bit farther for those. Like, we, I think, would go to Philadelphia for those or Columbus when I was growing up. Like, they're usually held in the bigger cities.
2: Okay. Was it enjoyable?
1: No, it was always (laughs) terrible. It was literally, like, meetings would last two hours, and that was boring enough. But these would last for, like, three straight days for, like, oh eight God. hours a day.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, man.
1: And it was especially hard when you were a kid because you weren't really allowed to, like, do anything. Like, yeah. if you're a really little kid, like a toddler, they would let you, like, have toys and, like, things to distract you to keep you quiet. But once you get to the age where you're, like, able to sit and listen, they expect that of you. So, like, little, it's like, four and five olds have to just literally sit still for, like, eight hours a day.
0: Oh, they'll catch days. a beating. Uh, yeah, yeah and if you're not, you're strictly, strictly disciplined. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. The first one I went to in Balt after my family moved to Baltimore was in Philadelphia. I forget which stadium, but it was outside. It was like in July, outside, and it was a hundred degrees, and like while wearing dresses. It was the worst. Ugh. Oh. My
2: God. <laughs> if you get, if you if you like get married, does not have to be? I'm assuming it has to be with someone another another witness yeah it's,
1: it's definitely encouraged like you're allowed to marry outside of it but it's really strongly discouraged and it just it always presents problems later on like your spouse wants to celebrate Christmas but you don't but like He wants to put up Christmas decorations, and like you have to let him because it's his house too. But like, then the elders are gonna come knocking at your door and be like, "Why are there Christmas decorations up?"
2: The elders will come to the house.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Whoa.
1: They'll come to they'll come to your house for a lot of stuff, but
0: um, a lot of stuff, like just anything. If basically, if you're, if your family if they believe your family's up to something, they they will come visit you or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean usually they do regular like they call it shepherding calls where they like try once or twice a year to meet with your family just to like make sure everything's cool, but they'll do it especially if they think something bad is going on. Right. Um,
2: are they subtle about it or are they just like knock it off with the Christmas lights or whatever, you know?
1: I don't know. That wasn't actually my experience. I see. Um for me personally I didn't I just you know I was a kid for most of it so if they had an issue with me they would go to my parents but one time one time so like my dad has four three living siblings two of them got disfellowshipped at various like times in their lives my uncle when he got disfellowshipped We never like cut them off completely. It was sort of like only see them if it's really necessary. Like if they really need help, like for instance, my aunt would babysit or I'm sorry, my grandmother would babysit for my aunt, but that was it. Like she would, it was like her daughter and she'd babysit for her because she needed a babysitter, but she would never like hang out with her outside of that. Like she wouldn't stay and talk after she got home. She wouldn't like go out and do things with her. It was only like if you need help and if you need me to come over and babysit or if you need me to take the kids, I'll do it. But there was wasn't really much of a relationship between the two of them. But then my uncle also got disfellowshipped and he'd, he got remarried. I don't know. I just remember there was this like we didn't do a whole lot with him because he was disfellowshipped, but like once a year or something, my great-grandparents would visit from New Mexico. And like the whole that's when the whole family would get together. And there was like one time that my uncle was there. And we were having dinner at my house, but my uncle and a few other people were eating outside. And the rest of us were eating inside because you're not allowed to like eat at the same table as a disfellowship person. Oh. So one of the elders like knew... That my great-grandparents were in town and knew that, like, he would probably – like, my uncle would probably be included. So he drove to our house and, like, knocked at the door and tried to, like, get in and see who all was there because he wanted oh. to see if my uncle was there. Um. And he probably did see him because he was outside. But he wouldn't – like, he'd never dropped in like that before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my dad basically like blocked him at the door and like wouldn't let him in the house because he didn't want him to see that my uncle was there.
0: oh wow that's, that's wild. crazy and yeah, I know it's it's strongly encouraged for people like if they have uh, what is yeah fellowship meeting they're basically like kicked out of the mm-hmm. church and everything and it's strongly advised for people still within the church to like cut off all contact with any of those people and
1: well, you can get in trouble too if you're like hanging out with a disfellowshipped person like you oh, could yeah. get disfellowshipped for that so
2: that okay. part reminds me of scientology ish kind of like where if you're hanging out well i guess they probably maybe got it from Witness, but like where like where you can get in trouble just from being with people that they consider like dangerous or whatever yeah when you um what happened when you left the like the for the last time i guess was it Was it like a clean cut or what did you?
1: Yeah, that's when I, I kind of knew at that point, like I'd already had my name announced and I was already like pretty much on probation basically. And I had to, um, I had to do a weekly like study session with like the head elder's wife. So I was doing that once a week. Um, and I had to go like out in service with her and their family every weekend um, and like go to all the meetings and stuff. And I was doing it. But at the same time, that's when I start like that's when I started thinking of it less from like, "Ah, I want to get drunk and have sex. And now it's like, well, now I need to think of it in terms of like, what do they actually teach? And like, do I actually believe in this? Because I need to make a decision as an adult, what I want to do. So I started I like threw myself into it, basically. And I did a lot of research. But there were just things I couldn't get past. Like I couldn't accept their stance on, like homosexuality. I couldn't accept their stance on blood transfusions. Oh, like, yeah. they, you know, I'm. Not they yet. showed me, like, here are the scriptures that are the reasons why we don't have blood transfusions. And I'm like, okay, but I need more than that. Like, yeah. I it's not enough. So I definitely and I'm like, you know what? If I needed a blood tra- transfusion or if a family member needed one. I'm doing it and no one's going to stop me. So like, it's one, it's just one of those situations where you have, if you're not a hundred percent in, you can't be in it at all. So it was like a few little things that I knew I was never going to be able to get past. And then I think the last time I went to one of the assemblies in Crownsville, I was like trying really hard to like really focus and put all my energy into it. And one of the like talks they gave was on higher education and like the dangers of higher education. And I was just like, I disagree with all of this. And that was, that was my last time. I never went again after that.
0: Wow. Yeah. You just couldn't, you couldn't believe it. So I didn't believe it. And yeah, you can't, you can't live being as a Jehovah's Witness. I feel like unless you're, yeah. Yeah, That's a lot of work to put in. All in and. Yeah, that's a it's a ton of work, and, and if you're yeah, if you're not,
1: but not because they, but only because they don't want to like lose all of their family and friends.
2: Yeah, uh, that one is really rough because I mean that could I mean I could I could totally see how that you know keeps
0: people in you know in line type of thing. Yeah, deal. you don't want like it to be excommunicated. That's a huge reason. It seems like why people would st- like looking at the documentary, why people would stay in. Um, one of the, the the families, like the brother and sister left, but the other two brothers stayed back yeah, because they didn't want to leave bad. their parents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I guess you had a slightly different whole view because I guess your parents left before you did. Now, was there any, like, weirdness going on? Because, like, you have the, the dis- disfellowship. And you're not supposed to talk to people that aren't in the religion, you like...
1: You can only get officially disfellowshipped if you have a meeting with the elders and they have to, like, go through the motions and officially disfellowship you. I never did that. I never bothered. I just left and, like, I just ghosted them. Throat. So I'm currently considered, like, a fader. Like, a fader. they probably, they're allowed to talk to me because I haven't been officially, but they would never, like, hang out with me or... Yeah. you know, like have any sort of relationship with me. And my parents were the same way. They just faded out. Um, and they think they tried for a while to get them back, but my mom left first and then my dad just sort of slowly faded out like over the next couple of years.
0: Uh-huh. And wait, how how much before that was uh or how much was that before you kind of started to fade out, basically?
1: Like- um
0: My mom stopped
1: going pretty much as soon as I got baptized, which was really annoying. Wow. And then my dad sort of faded out in the next couple of years, which I kind of was too, but then I went back. So when I went back, I was like 21. And... I wasn't back for very long. It was like a few months that I was really like putting my heart and soul into it. And then I was just done. Yeah. So about 21 when I was like officially out.
0: Oh, wow. But yeah. It's
2: gotta be like super liberating, but also kind of scary at the same time. Cause then it's, but I guess if you're already kind of out a little bit, you kind of having a establishing a different life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the hardest thing for me was like death Just death, like I, death had never been real to me because it's like, it doesn't matter. You're either going to die and then you'll be resurrected in like a perfect body or you'll, you just won't die at all. You'll make it to the end. And I mean, even though it's ridiculous, like that's when I turned 21, like I had terrible fears. Like I wouldn't go to like a Ravens game or something. Like I wouldn't go anywhere where there were large groups of people. Cause I was like constantly afraid, like something bad was going to happen and I would, I was going to die. Oh man. And that feeling lasted like it, you know, faded, but it never completely went away. Honestly, until like, it was just that feeling of like, I know logically that they're wrong. Like I know logically this is not real. But I didn't feel it like completely 100%. Like there was always still a part of me that was scared. Like what if they were right? Like what if I do die and like all my family lives? And every time something happens that was like prophesied, like an earthquake or like um, what was it that happened? Uh, something else happened. I don't remember, but... All these things that they prophesied come true because they're just, they- easy- I don't know, they're just like <laughs> things that are going to happen anyway. But to right. me, it gives me this like nervous feeling like it's coming.
0: Right. And yeah. I'm not
1: ready for it. Like this fear of death. But event and honestly, that fear lasted until probably a couple of years ago. Well,
2: it's like, tough constantly ingraining that in your head as, like, you know, a child. It's tough to shake that kind of stuff.
1: Parents tell you that, you know, you're taught it from birth, like, it's as true as anything else in your life that
2: yeah,
1: Danielle and the sky is blue. Like, it's literally the truth. And I've never even... I'd never believed or even thought of any other possibility. Yeah. So then when you have to actually realize, oh, I am going to die, it's really scary. But I kind of just realized at some point, like, I'd rather... Like, does it matter? Like, what happens if I do go back and I do live? Then what, I live, like, eternally with a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses? Like, that sounds awful. I'd honestly... (laughs) And that's just kind of what helped me, like, really get over it.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound like the ideal eternal life, quite honestly, at at all.
1: Literally, I'd rather be dead, so...
0: um, One other thing I wanted to talk about, because... Y'all don't, or the the Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays, Christmas, like, no celebrations of any type at all. Like, do you do any of that stuff now, or do you just not celebrate anything because you never did celebrate anything?
1: I do celebrate things now. Like, my family doesn't even live around here anymore. So, if I feel like it, like I'll drive to wherever for Christmas, but I don't care. It's almost like I celebrate Christmas sometimes with my mom's family, but they're actually just super annoying. And I've actually had way more fun celebrating Christmas with like different friends over the years. Mm. Oh, yeah. So it's like I'll do it, or if like somebody invites me to their house, like for Christmas this year, I went to see his family's like lunch or whatever and it was really fun but it's like I don't it's just like another day for me really
2: that's one of the things that hit me really hard from the the, the Leah Remini show was that one of the the one guy who had he's, he had been gone for like 15 years but he, he kind of said the same thing where you know he said he'd been celebrating Christmas or holidays for the past 15 years but it didn't didn't feel like anything and maybe that was just because yeah. he didn't have those like childhood. Like memories
0: to tie, yeah. tie it to. There's you know? a lot of that that we have tied to Christmas and birthdays. It, it's all ingrained in us from yeah. a, a very yeah. early age, getting that every year, and we grow up with it in our lives. So, to not have that as you're growing up, I would imagine it just doesn't hold that same kind of meaning or value. Yeah. Like a lot of people even say up.
2: that, like, you know, once they start having kids, then they start getting re excited about because it's true it's like you know all that stuff's tied in as a kid i remember there's a girl in my elementary school who would have to go to a separate room she was jehovah's witness oh yeah
1: you have-, have to do that or like i would just be picked up early that day
2: oh um
1: my birthday was in the summer so that like wasn't an issue for me right But i was never allowed to do like parties i don't think they had birthday parties for every kid in elementary school but like I remember being picked up before, like, any sort of Christmas concert or the Halloween party. And then, like, when kids would trick-or-treat, we would have to, like, turn off all our lights and sit on the floor so people would think we weren't home.
2: Oh, that my God. Oh, wow. Jeez. That's
0: yeah.
2: ridiculous. Was that super confusing as a kid or were your parents just, like, how did they – or I don't know, how does that explain to kids? Or is it just not, like, we don't do this like, and that's that?
1: Um, I mean, you're supposed to not be part of any sort of worldly – celebration or like halloween was like you know demonic and oh right this was pagan jehovah's witnesses don't believe that jesus was born on december 25th which to be fair a lot of people don't believe that yeah line up it's like born in the spring baby holiday so anything that's considered pagan which is like a lot of stuff like (laughs) easter valentine's day christmas thanksgiving not thanksgiving that's different but that's still, like, a worldly holiday to, like,
2: it's that's, like, dope. sort
1: of seen as political. So we were not allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> Definitely not Easter. None of it.
2: None of it. Wow. Yeah, it's just,
1: yeah, that's how it was always explained At to me. All.
2: Were there any, are there any, like, event? Oh, well, I guess you had the, the big meetings and stuff. That was just assemblies. The assemblies. That's the, assemblies. That's, that's, the, that's the big party for the for the year, for all the Jehovah's Witnesses. And there's no drinking or anything, right? In Jehovah, like, you can't do anything?
1: Yeah, you're allowed to drink. You're not allowed to drink to the point of getting drunk.
2: Gotcha. Got to to balance that one. (laughs) Not (laughs) not
1: allowed to have, like, a drink. And when I got older and, like, to drinking age and I hung out with other Jehovah's Witnesses, they would have alcohol, but you could kind of see which ones would, like, stay and which ones would, like, excuse themselves after a drink or two like they didn't want to be around anyone who like may be drinking too much because they didn't want to have to like witness it you know
2: right man
1: but I was lucky I became friends with um and I'm still friends with this um my friend who was an elder's daughter and she was always very much a rule follower and considered like a role model for you know and I think they they approached her, the elders, and were like, she's five years older than me. So when I was, like, 16 and she was 21, they were like, hey, why don't you, like, hang out with Danielle? Like, she could really use someone like you to sort of be a good influence on her right now. And it turns out I was, like, the queen of, like, the double life. And she introduced me oh. to drinking and parties and, like... There were some oh, other wow. people who were over age and they would take, we would go out and get into like, um, what was before it was um. Abbey Burger Bistro and Federal, the Sky Lounge or something. I would be out uh, in like Federal Hill yeah. in bars at like 16 because I'm hanging out with all these 20 and 30 year olds. Oh,
0: wow. And then
1: like wow. Corey would have parties I remember her telling me once like they would have parties in like an elder would randomly show up. So they'd like run through the house, hiding all the alcohol oh and like gosh. people would hide. And like, that was just what she got used to. And she ended up leaving. She got married really young. um, Cause like she had to, and they had a son. And once their son got to be about three, that's when they left because they were like, we can't, Li- like we we can't keep living a double life if we're gonna raise a kid like we have to pick one or the other
0: yeah so It's it. not a good example i guess to, or that could just be really confusing to yeah
1: well he was like i you know when he gets older and like makes friends in the neighborhood i can't tell him like you can't play with so-and-so because they're not a Jehovah's witness while i'm going out to like work parties and drinking
2: oh yeah um, at, at the same time that's gotta be really tough because if for- we Dad's an elder or whatever, that means he's probably oh, like,
1: he cutting would... them off. Yeah, he was like devastated. Yeah. Um
0: And I would imagine if he's an elder, does she not have any relationship with him or
1: Well, he she did have a relationship with him, um, but I think it mostly revolved around her son, you know, because right. that was his grandson. And I think he was a and again, like she never got disfellowshipped, and technically she never like did anything wrong that they knew of other than just the fact that she quit going to meetings and quit like she didn't break any rules Uh because she got married young and she'd only ever had sex with her husband and you know aside from like all the drinking and partying they didn't know was going on like they really didn't have anything on her so her dad like she had a pretty good relationship with her parents i think
2: It does remind me kind of of like when the omit rum spring out or whatever where they go they get the like time yeah, to go like omit, go nuts it's you know i forget how long it is but they yeah basically just get sent off into the world at the same time that is super dangerous though when you're just like you know so i repressed i guess or just like not used and then you just
0: go like it's even more dangerous just going off yeah it goes goes from no the real knowledge of the real world to just immediately being thrown out there and yeah. <laughs> not to have anything to fall back on. It's gotta be crazy. Um, do, do your parents like have any regrets like raising you as Jehovah's Witnesses seeing as they like left as well? Yeah.
1: As, uh, oh, I made ready. sure they were fully aware. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm better now, but I was super resentful. Like, it's almost like, Yes, it's good that they left and that they realized it. And, you know, a lot of people, like, I just, I do this, um, like, extra Witness support group every, like, phone call every once in a while. And, you know, there are people there who have way sadder stories than mine who, like, were kicked out of the house as teenagers and haven't spoken to their, their parents haven't spoken to them in, like, a decade and just crazy stuff. And I'm kind of like... I am grateful that like my family is still supportive of me but it's like they admitted to me like my dad admitted to me when I got older because he has like some issues and he was like honestly I never cared that you ran track I never like it never bothered me I just didn't want to look bad and I didn't he didn't like that I that like boys were talking to me.
2: Oh yeah. It
1: was sort of like he, it was a control thing for him and raising me as a Jehovah's Witness was an easy way for him to maintain that control because that, Mm -hmm. like, he'd have an excuse to never let me, like, do anything or, like, leave the house ever. Um, He really, like, he just wanted me, like, sitting in the house all the time. And with my brother, it was different. Like, my brother was in football and baseball and my dad went to the games and helped the coach and it was because that was like his son like my son is gonna play Uh sports so that was definitely part of it but then it was like my mom told me and she's like yeah I never believed it I just you know I wanted to be with your dad and it's just like I'd almost rather them raise me that way and not talk to me now because it shows that at least they're they, they really believe this, oh, and no. like, they may be brainwashed, but like whatever, it's not their fault. But now to be like, do you have any idea, like the kind of permanent damage you did to me just because you were like one of you was too lazy and selfish, and the other one of you was too like stupid and selfish? It's just like it. That's kind of been the hardest thing for me to deal with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They
1: knew, but they didn't care.
2: I'm yeah, yeah man. Exactly. I can only imagine how many similar, you know, people probably feel like that way. Because it, the whole thing about just like, you know, you're just basically being threatened with everything you have built up. So it's just like I guess like if you're having a, you know, if you live the double life or whatever, it's not so such a big of a deal. But yeah, I don't I know. That's it's like such the- like a weird mind game. It's like the whole thing. is like a big mind yeah. game.
0: Yeah, the p- yeah. part of the whole thing it seems like they they make it so that being a jehovah's witness is all that a person can have so like the the thought of leaving seems daunting the thought of moving away from the parent or support system seems super daunting and that's just what they kind of use to keep a lot of people in and scared
1: yeah, like you're not really supposed to even have a career or like focus on a career. Like you're supposed to have a job that supports you and your family. But if it gets to the point that it's like more about the money and less right. about spiritual things, like then they'll start to um, you know, they'll start to like say things and
2: Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense from their side cuz it's like if you live the life, you know, you're the way you're supposed to. It doesn't matter because you're going to be either, you know, one of the hundred some thousand or whatever reborn mm. on yeah, the slightly the, the better earth or whatever.
0: 44,000 that go to heaven and then everybody else is there is there like, is there like a donation Is there
2: like a donation thing? Like are these dudes in New York getting a ton of money somehow? Like and during your they're, meetings do you guys
1: getting a ton of money? It is yeah. shocking to me. They just paid out, and I assume this is insurance, but still, like, one of the sex abuse victims, which there are a lot of, won a case. And it was one of the first times they'd won a case. And they had to pay this girl $30 million.
2: ton of money. I was, like, where,
1: like, I assume, like, insurance paid this out to her or whatever, but still, that's still a ton of money. And I know that they just changed their, like, headquarters facility to this place in upstate New York that has a pond, that they have, like, control of the pond and can, like, raise it and lower it
0: at their, wow.
1: at their will.
0: That's that's out of control. But, I, I mean, yeah. they're, they're tax-exempt. They have their own, they, like, they have their own gas
1: stations.
0: They have their own gas
2: stations? Their,
1: like, on site of their, like, headquarters. Oh,
0: okay. They wow. have
1: their own little actual, like, world right there. Just, yeah,
0: Damn. I feel it's like in all tax of these- exempt status.
2: Yeah, tax-exempt, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: It's always people. Some people getting rich, or, or like people banging each other. Like there's always some kind of something in there. Yeah. And in I, even asked, oh. the I was like yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And she was. I I asked her. I was like, if you're one of the like governing body and you're in charge, you're one of these like dudes who're in charge. Like they don't really get much out of it. Like they don't drive around in fancy cars or like live in huge expensive houses. So I'm like, what are they getting out of it? And she's like, they're kings. They're literally seen as kings among men. They talk to God, Daniel. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah I guess you're right.
0: It's that yeah, they're probably drink the Kool-Aid sort of for sure. The, the running thread to all of religion is people at the top still having power yeah. over everybody else. And
1: Yes, that's crazy. The thing that's bothering me right now is that a lot of their members are starting to, like, get old and die because, you know, baby boomers and whatever. So it's becoming an issue because a lot of them, their kids left or, like, they chose to, like, not have a relationship with their kids because of the religion. But nobody – they – there was some document that was leaked on a website that I saw, like an elder's booklet that was saying – For like those of you struggling with a lot of elderly members who need money and need help, please encourage them to seek out help from family members first or see what government resources are available, which like Mm. astounds me because Jehovah's Witnesses are not allowed to work in like high level government positions. They're not allowed. You're not allowed to vote or have any sort of.
2: You're not allowed to vote? vote.
1: No, you're not. Like you'll get kicked out if you vote. Whoa. You're not allowed to have any sort of political opinions on anything ever. And you're not allowed to, like, participate in anything, like, government-related. But it's, like, as soon as all the old people are about to die, they're, like, seek out government benefits.
2: Uh, Classic. Yeah. And I'm seeing
1: it happen with my grandmother because, like, all of her kids moved away. And, like, she doesn't – nobody's really close to her anymore because she, like – Pretty much chose the religion over them, but now elders from her congregation are like calling my dad and my uncle and being like, Come take care of your mother. Oh
0: and man. Like, well, wow. Yeah. More, more mind games. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah, that they created this whole system that basically forced a lot of people out and they don't have any kind of other people to prey on. They need to try to bring back in people or they're I, I don't I don't really see how the future of this Jehovah's Witnesses thing can stand strong if if it's like so many young people like you're saying are are leaving
1: yeah uh, I mean their retention rate I don't I, I feel like maybe they're trying to hide it but you know there's a whole lot of like combining congregations going on and like downsizing and like maybe combining two congregations into like one building and making them share rather than have like two buildings. Like they're definitely not getting bigger. So I yeah. feel like this is kind of the, the peak maybe I hope. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. That's why I was kind of just surprised that they allow kids to go to school with, uh, as you would say, worldly people. Cause I feel like that would give them the most access to just seeing what a world that is in Jehovah's Witnesses is like and would make people more apt to leave, as opposed to having like their own kind of school systems or things right. which it keeps everybody kind of together.
1: On the yeah, they're basis. different because like the purpose of their religion is to bring in more people. Because like in the Bible, it says Jesus commanded you to preach to the four corners of the earth. So to them, that means you have to live in the world among worldly people because you have to, like, bring, you have to, like, convert them. And, like, that's the sacrifice that you make as a kid in school who, like, isn't allowed to participate in anything and whose life is really hard. But, like, look at the sacrifice you're making every day and, like, leading by your example and how many lives are you saving? <laughs> I was just like, Ugh, all right. But, yeah.
2: Wow. Well. And I you think
1: ever, that's why people don't realize that Joe's they don't really see Jehovah's Witnesses as different. They're not like Mormons right. living out in Utah or, you know, we don't look different or dress different or we're just here. So I think people assume it's like normal, right?
0: Yeah. I mean I know that's to. just kinda how I viewed it as. I just thought it was, you know, just really just a little bit more stricter of a religion, but wasn't as kind of a cult yeah as a cult as much as as it was like the whole system the whole uh, just from top to bottom it was way more of just this structured yeah cult basically then i i knew i had any idea before because I guess you, yeah, you do see them. You you see Jehovah's Witnesses just around and walking and yeah. going to school, like you said. And the only the only person I really knew who that was a Jehovah's Witness was like Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> and like that was my whole. But that's like a, still, I guess, not as far as removed as most people might would think of a, a cult member to be, mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and most people, I don't know. There were some kids who were like super overzealous and like they're going to try to hand out watch towers at school in the hallways, and I certainly was never that kid. So I kind of just was Whoa. under the radar and kept quiet. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I always just the only difference I thought was that I just didn't celebrate holidays. I had no idea until you showed me that movie like last year, and then and then you know watching that document or whatever the Leah Remini
0: thing the other day.
1: Yeah,
2: it's
0: wild. Yeah, and I I, I know so much more about it now. And you said you were you're doing kind of some calls, like where you take calls from like a like a hotline or something, like as a helping hotline for people that are coming. Wait, what? what? Wait, did. Did you say that, or am I making that up? No.
1: Oh, I do. It's it's like a meetup group. Oh, okay. Um, it's I was actually just if if there are a lot, lot of meetings. calls. It's like an actual meetup group, but oh, right now that. it's an online.
0: Oh, because yeah, COVID. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was just wondering oh. if there are like a lot of support groups. Wow. Yeah. There's... There's more people to go. That's to.
2: cool. I didn't know you did that, Dee.
1: I actually been doing it for very long. I t- I think it was the quarantine that made me like more into it because. Like, I have friends who are, like, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses that I'll see sometimes, and I'll see them, like, a few times a year, and that's always good for me, but, like, I can't really see anyone right now, and it's just nice to have, like, people to talk to who, like, also went through it. i guess to emphasize like the impact it has on girls versus boys but you ask me if i ever got ratted out on so when i was a teenager i was dating this boy i was like 14 i was like dating a boy who was a jehovah's witness but i wasn't allowed to see him because he was like bad and he was like super rebellious and he was in a band Oh. Dad was an elder. Wow. I don't know the whole thing. But there was this other boy I liked in West Virginia before like I moved and we had grown up together like we were friends since we were little kids. And I kind like we kind of had crushes on each other. But he was like being groomed like he was just one of those like they were grooming him to be an elder like he was given all these responsibilities and he was like, he was like the crown prince. And they didn't like that, like he was talking to me. So they would like have him find out what kind of stuff I was doing with my boyfriend. Wow. And when I told him about it, he would go to them and at two different times, well, it happened once or two different times, like one right after the other. Cause obviously I stopped talking to him about it, but, um, he, he like called my parents this like guy that I liked in West Virginia and who liked me too. And I honestly think he was doing it because he was jealous. And like the elders were telling him he had to do it because, you know, he has to do the right thing. And Danielle's parents need to know what she's doing. I wasn't even doing anything. We were like meeting behind the Mars on originally road to make out. Like it wasn't, Uh, it wasn't a big deal, but I like, I think it was just jealous because I was dating someone else and he like went to the elders and they forced him to call my parents and like tell my parents all the stuff i was doing
2: oh my gosh that
1: was like traumatizing and really embarrassing
2: yeah that's super embarrassing also a man
1: almost made me meet with the elders then to like they were going to ask specific questions like which of my like body parts he had touched
2: that's definitely like a creep factor and all this stuff
1: in a room at 15 with these men or like, I think my yeah. parents were going to be there too, because I was a minor, but they were literally going to sit there and make me like talk about that.
2: Oh like my God.
1: And I like freaked oh, out God. about it so bad that my dad had to go to like above the elders. And he went to the circuit overseer and was like, Danielle really doesn't want to do this. Like, is it okay if I just, you know, as her dad, like step in and say, I'll take care of the situation on my own. And the circuit overseer was like, let me pray about it. And then he was like, yeah, I guess that's okay. Like, gave my dad permission to, like, not force me to do that.
2: Well, that's good. I mean, I look, full disclosure, I know Danielle's dad from before yeah. I actually even knew Danielle. <laughs> I <laughs> I in, a, in, a weird, in a weird turn of events. Yeah, Your dad can be very charming. He's got that voice and he's all tall. I'd I mean, listen to him. I, he so might even, you know. Well, I, might
1: consider- he, I mean, that was, that was my dad, though. Like, he'd be a psycho at home, like, a literal psychopath. But then we go to the meetings and it's all like
2: I oh, turned it on
1: other so and so and like everyone, I don't know, who was
2: with yeah. that
1: way, I guess. Jesus. Um, Man. Yeah, I just want to tell you that story because
0: No, that's that's out know, of control. That is.
1: It's important to know how they treat young girls, I think.
2: That's super important, really? especially when they brought up the whole witness thing or the I well, you know, the like they said mm-hmm. in the thing that yeah, it's like if yeah, you're an eyewitness,
1: you have to divulge what you've seen or heard. Otherwise, like your soul is in jeopardy.
2: It's just like when you told me earlier about when they you had to meet with the el- elders and go over everything. Like there's just it always it always seems like it comes
0: down to money or just creepy
2: behavior. Like it just yeah. Oh. Well, and the, yeah. they
0: don't want any obviously any of the women having control of their own bodies, mm-hmm. let alone their own lives. Really, it seems yeah. like they want control of. All the just the entire person, not a single bit of you, especially if you're a woman, can <laughs> have there anything about them that isn't controlled by the church. It seems like yeah,
1: like they would come up to me sometimes if I like wasn't wearing some like I definitely would never wear like you know anything remotely revealing, but like I think a couple times I was wearing a tank top that had like a wide shoulder, but there was no sleeve and like. I've had elders come up to me before and be like, would you mind going and putting on a sweater? Oh, wow. And it's just like, yes. I don't know. It's so awkward.
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, all, geez. All, all women should i be talking to any women. Or For young
1: real. Girls Especially if they're
0: anything. Young. <laughs> About anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as I'm concerned. My gosh. Really. Um, but... Wow. Well, this has been pretty eye-opening. I didn't know if you had any other stories or anything else you wanted to say. Uh, you should tell um, us about what you're doing these days cuz you know, Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's going on in your now life? Now you're in a now? completely different you're a, a free free from the Jehovah's witnesses the Watchtower. Um,
1: you know, I just am living life and mm-hmm. I'm a doula now, so I help women and like pregnant women and new moms and babies and i'm just kind of chilling
0: nice well I, that, that that's i feel like as good. i, don't, as I feel like i
1: i should have a better answer to that, that question, question but like i'm just sitting no,
0: here no you don't really need to have a better i think it's
2: cool <laughs> i think <laughs> it's cool how much you know you're talking about death bothering you now and you help bring life to this world i know yeah. It's very poetic. Really. It's so poetic. I've been I've been sitting on that the whole time. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: it does make me feel pretty good.
2: That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I would like to do something in the future. I don't know what it would be or how it would happen, but like maybe helping kids who are trying to get out or helping kids who are trying to go away to college.
0: Yeah, did I did want to. It's that like, it's
1: awesome. hard because you have zero access until they're 18. So you have to like.
0: Right know that
1: like know them well enough to know which people need help or not so like how do you kind of yeah. figure that
2: out and I'm I'd sure imagine they, like social media and stuff's off the table
1: or maybe reach out to family members who would like provide their information
0: yeah but yeah like, people that have gotten yeah I have gotten out but do know people especially young people I guess oh, the ben, the benefit of
1: Jehovah's witnesses like Uh people whose niece and nephew you know what i mean
0: yeah no that would be really cool to be able to do i'm sure um i
2: guess the benefit of them like discouraging higher learning is at least you don't have them coming after you like the scientologists and stuff where they like come like harass you like crazy or do they or does that happen
1: harass me like in what way
2: or I don't know like when you know like you hear the stories about people try to leave Scientology and they're like blackmailing them like this and that uh, yeah so, any kind of stuff like that, that Witness. it no, seems like they don't do that
1: they don't do that and I feel like a lot of that is about money right but I just I don't know where they get all their money I I've known some of them to do weird things like my friend my friend's mom I heard that she inherited, like, a ton of money from her dad and ended up donating, like, a $100,000 to them or something. Oh, yeah. Like, instead of, like, passing it on to her kids, she just, like, gave it to them. Yikes. And I feel like my grandmother is going to do the same thing, which I don't care, but my dad and my aunt and uncle are, like... uh we need to know what you're doing with your money when you die. Like, are you writing a check to the Jehovah's Witnesses and leaving us nothing? Like, what's going on? Yeah. But I would not even be a little bit surprised if that's exactly what she does.
0: Yeah. that's super unfortunate. That will do it for us this week. It, it was fantastic talking. I hope everybody out there enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, so for Kevin O'Connor and for Danielle Higginbottom, Higginbottom, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> this is Justin They're Lads, and this has been the Threat Lads Podcast. Threat Lads.